Uh, <laughs> He's just staring. You can eat now. Like, go 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 right ahead, Jax. You do you. No, all the way over there. You no, don't you. I'm just gonna come over here and eat these crumbs. Oh, I can, what are I you can doing? eat on who's, the podcast. Who's daddy's buddy? You're gonna find a way to ruin the beginning of every single one of these, aren't you? <laughs> all right, go lay down. Have fun. I can't <sighs> believe that he was literally just staring at the ball, waiting on you to hit record just, so he could start eating. <laughs> He's like, I know what's going on now. Got it all fucking figured out. <laughs> Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting Mistakes Were Made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the, from the beautiful, the effervescent, the freshly bathed Kristen Pennington. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, right as we were getting ready to hit the record button today, uh, Jax basically sat as if the record button were like the, the little bell. Like Pavlov's dog. He's like waiting for you to say yeah, go. Gotta wait for dad to be busy so I can be annoying. Why wouldn't I? God damn it, Jax. I took you to the field today, you traitor. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking back like No, no. You do you. I'm talking about you on the podcast. Don't get all fucking excited. <laughs> um Where to start, where to start, where to start? All the big life changes. Got some big life changes. Uh, for starters, uh, team, if you're out there and you're planning on moving in a month because you hate the fucking town that you're stuck in, you should probably take a look at your lease so you don't wind up packing a bunch of boxes to find out that you've got another 30 days before you can move. Yeah. Thought it was August 8th. It's September 9th when you sign a six-month lease in February. Doesn't count February. That shit starts in March. And uh, learned that lesson this week. Well, I definitely thought it had to have been August with how hard they were like harassing you about wanting... Like, Call our... me like every day. We yeah. need this form now. We need this form now. Like our intent to move out. They were like, I have to have it. <laughs> it's still like a month and a half away. So guys, you got 60 days before I I, I... I might change my fucking mind tomorrow and I can do that contractually. So, oh, it's been one week since you looked at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> God love Jax. Yeah, it's been a, a roller coaster though because that wasn't fun for either of us. I think we were both kind of bummed that day, but... But we did shoot out um, an application. I shot out a couple of resumes. Um, Kristen has learned the fucking importance of the vacuum seal bags. <laughs> Not for food. They're on the same aisle. That was strange. But <laughs> <laughs> Like the kind for packing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have... More clothes than any one person really needs. Brett mm -hmm. and I both have to have our own separate walk-in closets because I have so many clothes. <laughs> I think Brett's is just mostly full of guns and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Don't tell them the location <laughs> of the firearms. They all fell into the lake last month, government. <laughs> they own no more guns. But yeah, it usually, I, I mean, granted, I don't have a very big car. I have a little Mazda 3 sedan, but... um. Every time I've moved recently, it's taken me like a good solid three car trips yeah. with my trunk overflowing with clothes just to move <laughs> my closet. And uh, I packed up pretty much all of my winter clothes today because uh, yeah. it's like, hot as hell here. You're saying they took care of like the parkas and everything, right? Like they they, they weigh about 45 fucking pounds, but they're smaller no, than the like my, my pea coats, like my yeah. hefty winter coats because I, I yeah. own 
quite a few winter coats because you know fashion gotta gotta have one for every outfit I've got two pairs of boots, and it's only because my mother bought me two pairs of boots (laughs) to replace the one pair of boot that I've been wearing for (laughs) fucking years. That's just my... (laughs) Jax. I've got a closet. I I wear the same exact clothes every week, so I've got seven outfits, and it's normally, you know, one of my pairs of... One of my two pairs of pants (laughs) needs one of my black shirts, and that's that. Yeah, no. I'm hyper impressed with these, but it's going to be really ridiculous when we're both done because it took me two of the extra large ones just Seeing to do... Seeing that, I'm pretty confident I could fit everything yeah. I own in two vacuums. I was like, that's back. just my winter clothes. Yeah. Like, You're probably only going to need two. Yeah. I'm going to have to buy so a whole extra throw box. Things away because I'm not moving with like shirts that I haven't worn in two years. <laughs> like That shit's going away. I'll take that shit over to Goodwill. By the time we leave here, I'm going to have like... Those three boxes of books might be... The most substantial part of my <laughs> my part of this move. <laughs> yeah, my desk will be the biggest thing I move. Yeah. So the clothes are still going to be minor in comparison. For sure. God damn it. But yeah, if you're uh, trying to move or you're just short on space and you want to put your seasonal clothes in storage, vacuum. I don't know. Bags. Yeah. Why? Why have I not been doing that my entire my entire life? Because you don't own enough clothes to fill up a whole closet. <laughs> You don't need to put yours away. <laughs> There's that. I remember I had a box, like when you uh, when you get out of the service or when you move while you're in the service, uh, they send like all these moving people over and they more or less throw everything in boxes. Damn near do the whole process for you. You just got to set up a few, you know, other like your personal stuff. And uh, I remember having like one of those large boxes that they'd given me and I threw clothes in there. And then, like, I still had room for DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> my military my uniforms took up their own, like, thing. But my personal clothing took up, like, a quarter of a box. You know. I had, I had, like, statues and shit. <laughs> Clothes and books. <laughs> I have a walk-in closet, which, granted, there's stuff stored in there also. Uh-huh. So if there wasn't stuff stored in there, I might not need the other storage for my clothes but i have the walk-in closet like all of the space that is available for my clothes is completely packed with my clothes and then i have two of these really long really short plastic bins that are made to slide up under a bed that are also full of clothes jesus fucking christ (laughs) i I thought i thought there was no way in hell you owned more clothes than what is currently out no i own more clothes you have a whole jc pennies there's two (laughs) like those two bins that are at the yeah I think at the doorway are also full of clothes. And you've been, you made a, a Poshmark thing. Mm-hmm. We should plug that. Oh, plug the Poshmark. Yeah, I don't know what the URL is. I only have two things on it right now. Yeah, but we'll I think get it to you. My username is uh, Cash Pennington. It's a yeah. play on my middle name. K A S H Pennington. You're going to want to spell Pennington. P E N N I N G T O N. Spelled exactly how it sounds. Pennington. Yeah, but we live in Tennessee and there are a lot of illiterate people. So, not all of you, but if you're not the illiterate person, you know an illiterate yeah, person. The only thing on there right now is a old set of umbrella lights and then the dress I wore to Jay's yeah. wedding. Yeah, no, I'm, I might sell my clothes on your Poshmark. Go for it. Fuck it. 
You're like, what is it? This is a shirt that says, Ted Cruz is the Zodiac. Oh, I like that shirt. It's kind of funny. That's weird. I don't know how I'd wear it in public, but it's kind of funny. I, I, I have worn it in public once because it was funny once. Because, like, he got knocked out of that shit so early. And, mm. like, by the time I had the shirt, like, they made the shirt, I had the shirt, and I think he was in, like, one more debate. And then that was over. And I was like, I can't just walk around assuming people still want to make Ted Cruz jokes post It's kind of a funny shirt, though, because it's like a <laughs> sketch. It's like somebody drew So you have to him. be interested in like politics and true crime to fully get this joke right now. I wear shirts that are video game puns. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be all right. <laughs> You've got your Legend of Zelda song mm. thingy. So I think you'll be all right if you wear a, a shirt that's a political joke. Yeah. Nobody's ever been like, ha, oh, you nerd to me I when I was wearing one of those. I didn't have the balls to wear that out in public, but I had a shirt that just said, fuck ISIS on it that I wore once a week for like a year. Like I, just, <laughs> I would go to the bar in my fuck ISIS t-shirt. I was like, what's my fuck ISIS t-shirt? People probably were like, hey. Yeah. You know. I was a douche. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I stand by it, fuck ISIS, but... You know, I'm not saying I've, like, switched allegiances in that frame. You have that infidel <laughs> shirt, too? Yeah, well, I don't wear the infidel shirt anywhere. The infidel shirt is for... Just for your amusement? For my amusement, drinking on the patio when I get home from work, you know. It's, it, you know, it's tight, so, like, it, it feels like I'm getting a hug of, like, a patriotic hug. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Uncle Sam's patting me on the back every time I wear my... <laughs> My infidel shirt. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any clothes that give me patriotic hugs. Well, uh, it's because you're a fucking communist, and our founding fathers looked <sighs> down upon you. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Anyway, <laughs> topics for the day. <laughs> you wanted to go political. Topics. I will dive into this. No, shit. I was talking about moving and clothes. Well, you, no matter where you move, you're just moving across this great land that is America, and thus, it's good to be a patriot. <laughs> Staying on brand, <laughs> making mistakes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna, because we spent 20 minutes on the podcast that just went up recently, um, the sentient dust one, just rambling about nothing. So I'm gonna attempt to rail this in. Okay. Like a little bit earlier. Um, so it kind of goes hand in hand with their resume. What? It's a miscontrol. <laughs> I'm just trying to get on a topic. <laughs> um, speaking of resumes, like we... Uh, we weren't speaking about resumes. Well, jobs, sending <laughs> stuff in, like applying for shit. It, it's kind of the same. <laughs> you need a resume to apply talking for jobs. Talking about resumes, it's like we were talking about moving and communism. We are talking about applications. Okay, I'm fucking with you. I'll stop fucking with you. Back over here. I've been sick. You're supposed to be nice to me. I've been sick. I know. And I left you alone. You took a bath. (laughs) We're going to have dinner. We're going to have tenderloin. Yeah. It's going to be super awesome. And then we're going to be fat later and also have tiny. Scream Rod Stewart at you or some shit like that. Then we're going to be fat later and have second dinner and have tiny turkey and cheese sandwiches on pretzel buns. Fuck. Yeah, we are. But, uh,. Speaking of resumes, (laughs) Uh, we were talking about um, 
<laughs> we took a screenwriting class together, which is how we met. Yeah. And um, the whole premise of the class was we spent an entire semester as a class collectively writing the first season of a TV series that um, we kind of had like a little voting yeah. competition at the very beginning of the semester where everybody had to submit an idea of some kind and um mine was dog shit i was like i don't even know <laughs> i don't even want to do mine i'm just submitting something because i have to and then the class voted on the one that we liked the best and then we spent the semester writing mine the... was so dog shit people thought it was a comedy <laughs> i was like here is a uh, i felt like you pitched it like as a, a comedy like a dark drug story that follows like you know <laughs> inner demons and always met with laughter gratuitous laughter I think you made a couple of jokes and that was the problem I'm not comfortable around people like, I am bad at retail because I'm not comfortable around people <laughs> I think you I'm made some jokes funerals. and then it came across what? <laughs> I'm great at funerals uh. <laughs> when my dad died I was making jokes to the hospice nurse with his body still in the bed I don't work right like I don't handle emotions with anything other than <laughs> like just horrible jokes that only I find funny. <laughs> but yeah, so we voted on uh, like our favorite show and then spent the semester writing it. And um, I'm not a writer, so I don't really have, I guess, that frame of reference outside of uh, the classes I took because I did like a fiction writing yeah. class and then I did the screenwriting class and then the screenwriting class mm-hmm. that we had together also. Um, so outside of that, I don't really have writing experience outside of like research papers for school. Yeah. Um, and writing, I feel like most people traditionally think of like writing novels where it's like you're a singular person doing the work by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then in that class, we were having to like do it as a team because if somebody wrote, because we all wrote our own episodes, yeah. there were enough of us in the class that we each got an episode. And if uh, somebody wrote something in the episode directly before mine, it was like, well, fuck, now I gotta, like, do this in my Mm -hmm. episode or whatever. So, like, I'm very used to having to work with other people on film sets because, I mean, that's just how Mm -hmm. film sets work. There's a lot of moving parts. Like, how, like, what do you prefer? Like, how does that work for you, like, going from... I mean, those are, like, kind of two different types of writing, Mm -hmm. you know. I think that they're both awesome and I really enjoy doing both, but it's like I like playing soccer and I like throwing the football, you know. They're different, you know, kind of of games. But no, I'm not, uh, I'm not that good with people as I just established. (laughs) So I, I prefer the more solitary method. I love a good workshop, like for sure. Um, but as far as like a rough draft, that was my one issue with um, the time limit on the college class mm-hmm. was uh, with a rough draft, I'd work it out and have a basic idea. This was like all the stages with none of the direction early in so like all the creative people were having to come up with their own individual arcs and then we would have to try to like bend other people's arcs to fit some sort of collective rough draft which was given to the guy who had the initial idea um 
but I like creative writing workshops where I come in with my rough draft so I've got my arc that has nothing to do with your arc and then I read that and then you give me suggestions mm-hmm. you're like well you could do this or you know you, you could change the tone of this or you start the story in the third page you don't even need the first two it's all fluff you know add two pages you know to the middle because we're not quite sure how you went from here to here I'm not like collecting all of that information and going home and using it for the rewrite and then bringing the rewrite back in and like dicking around with it until there's just silence when you're done like that's like a feeling of accomplishment and you're like oh shit nobody can add anything I've filleted this thing down to where there's next to no fat let me treat this like my rough draft and boom <laughs> you know <laughs> let me go see what else I can cut out what can be removed and you know, just try to leave the bones. Um, but with the the screenwriting, you need, as you were saying before uh, we started the show, um, the director's not the only creative that creates the thing. You know, mm-hmm. you're directing other people who are helping to create the thing. Yeah. Kind of like being a boss in an office. I tell you what to do, and I trust that you have the capacity to do it without me, so go do it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you're supposed to know what I need you to know. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know it, go get, get Go get, figure get, it out real quick. But like with a TV show, it isn't... It, it, the workshop laid out that way, that might be how they run actual shows. I've never worked on an actual show. Screenwriting's not my forte. It's just a thing that I like to do for fun. Like, it's... It, it, I do all of it for fun because I'm very uncomfortable with having a job, but I don't know why I'm feeling panicked right now. Do you want to take a break? No, no, no. I'm not feeling like that kind of panicked. I just don't know where I'm going with this thought. Do you think that... I'm thinking uh, my way through it. <laughs> do you think that it's more frustrating when you're clearly working with people that aren't like necessarily writers? Like I felt like in our yes. screenwriting class... <laughs> for both the workshop and screenwriting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I felt like for our screenwriting class, there were significantly less like people that were like studying writing as their major, and there were a lot of like animators and filmmakers, and then that I think there was like a random works. business person yeah. in there. They're and like, then I took it because I like watching TV, and I want to see how TV. Is yeah, going. and then like I did um, a fiction writing class yeah. too, and that was over in like the English department. Whenever I did that class, they and do a workshop in that class. Uh, we didn't work together, but we workshopped everybody's story. Yeah. So you would well, have that's, a, that's what a workshop yeah. is. Um, you had a deadline. You had to turn mm-hmm. your specific story in, and that was your week. And everybody would take your story home and read it and then come back the yeah. next class, and we would discuss it mm-hmm. together. And um, granted, you know, with every class, you're going to have people that are better than people and people that are, you know, a yeah. little more amateur. So there were still people in that class that weren't like the best writers I've ever read, but there were a lot of people that were in there that I was like, oh my God, you're like a writer. Yeah. <laughs> and until, I'm just in this class. Well, until I got into like the four or five thousands, like those early classes where it's like, this is introduction to creative writing. And I was like, great. I did that in like the third grade. Yeah, I had to send so, my like, professor. I was the only person in the room interested in learning about the topic. And they were like, well, most stories follow an arc. And I was like, no shit. shit. 
I have written a book. At the point that I went to school, I'd already written the goddamn manuscript. And I'm sitting there, and they're like, okay, now you need to talk about character development. And it's like, can I just skip to where the people that are about to graduate are? Because that's when <laughs> I, I was stressed as shit. That's where I had my fun in the writing classes. You know, it was when I was at those, those higher levels, and it, it would be like 75% of the room gave a shit. You yeah. know? And then there was 25% that were like, English is my minor. And I, I feel like I've got a book trapped inside me. And it's like, oh, that's, that's quiche. I don't know if you had to do that or not, since that was your... That word. It's not quiche. Quiche is food. Cliche. Quaint. No. no. I don't know. I don't it's know. Got, it's, got some, it's got a quick open. I don't... And there goes the AC. Chic. That was... Chic. No. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what word you're going for. <laughs> but um, I don't know if you had it's to do quiche. No, it's not quiche. food. Quaint. I already, I already proposed quaint. quaint. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. No, it's not quaint. Um, I don't know if you had to do that, though, since you were actually an English major, but I had to send my fiction writing professor a sample of something I had written before just to get into the class at all. Like, I had to be approved to take the class. I didn't have to do that at the, the higher levels because by then everybody in the English department knew me because I'd never left Peck Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have everybody twice. I'd be like, hey, how's it going? So, you know, when I, I took, you know, I'd bring them up all the time, but I took Arroyo's, like, higher level uh, writing course on flash fictions where you had to cram all of your ideas into 750 words or less and I was always like I'm aiming for 50 if I can get to 50 I'll be happy you know? <laughs> <laughs> be thrilled as shit if I can tell a full arc in a single paragraph and uh, yeah no I, I, I didn't have to do to do that I just I think I sent him my transcript where it's like I think I'm qualified to be here <laughs> older than everybody else and uh which I had. I've already published a book. <laughs> I had like old stuff saved that I had written, so that was that wasn't like an issue. But yeah, like I wasn't an English major at all. I very briefly minored in writing, and they yeah. made me like send samples to be like, "Are you worthy to be in this class?" I'm like, "I swear, I know how to spell there, there, and there." <laughs> well, that might be because you're like, I, I'm sure if I wanted to take a photography class that was more upper level. Like they'd be like, "Well, send us some pictures to prove that you've been here before." Like we're we're not just gonna. I let think you they want. do that a lot too. Because <laughs> I think the fiction writing class was like a higher number class. I think they do that a lot on the higher number classes, and just because I wasn't an English major, they wanted yeah, like a actual amount of chairs. Yeah, they wanted actual proof. But like my movie making class, that's like the most advanced version of like that level mm-hmm. of film single cam filmmaking, yeah. and um, I had to get professor's permission but it was bowen who i'd had like three or four times up to that point so it was just like hey bowen i want to take your class and he was like okay yeah that's kind of how i did arroyo i was like i'll be here next semester he goes well you gotta go do this other thing and i was like i'll be here next semester i don't know what the fuck to tell you (laughs) i've taken more writing classes than anybody at this goddamn school i will put myself up against literally anybody in this building right now i'll be here next semester Crammed four years of a very complicated degree into three. I'll be here next semester. I'm very well driven, and I have very low self-esteem. But I was smart for three years. 
You did summer classes and stuff too, didn't you? Yeah, because uh, the way the GI Bill works, if you don't go to school full time, you don't get your GI Bill money for housing. The only reason that I'd gone back was for the housing allowance so that I didn't have to work. <laughs> so you don't like get I, the allowance if you don't go to school during the summer? Yeah, like if there's a, a, a week break in classes, then you're going to get a lighter paycheck. Mm. Yeah, so I had a job you know, uh, for for most of that um but like when my my initial money ran out i realized i needed to have some more money I just, <laughs> is not, that how it works work. <laughs> um so i got a job and that like supplemented the income so i could pay for uh, like groceries and, and shit like that but yeah no it, it you you had a set amount and then summer would come and there would be like a three or four week break and so for three years you didn't get a break at all that's rough yeah i'm not saying it was the smartest thing that i've ever done oh. or the healthiest thing that I've ever it done. done it completely wrecked me as a person and created a brand new brett bloom but you know this brett bloom isn't having any of this statist surveillance state horseshit because i got to read 1984 like five times in three years <laughs> Speaking of books, you went to the bookstore today. I did go to the bookstore today. Went to Barnes and Noble, and um, haven't been over there in a while, so I just kind of meandered around, I guess, for like an hour or whatever. Just walked uh, uh, every aisle. Did you finish your Hunter book? Or are you almost done? With I've it? got about a hundred pages gotcha. left, and I, I've, I've been banging about fifty pages a sit down. Um, so if I can sit down outside, like if I'm not busy or like uh, distracted or anything, uh, I sit down outside while I'm like waiting on you to come back from work, and I can I can bang out about fifty pages. So I figure in the next two three sit downs I'll probably have it done. So I went and picked up this book called uh, they're over there, but one of them's like a memoir of a coroner who did like thirty six years as a coroner. Um, talking about some of his biggest cases that he'd worked and like what it's like to be in the morgue, what it's like to be at the crime scene and pronounce somebody dead. And I was like, that's going to be fucking <laughs> trippy. And then the other one is about this woman with multiple personality disorder. And that one's called uh, When Rabbits... No, When Rabbit Screams? I think so, yeah. I don't think it screams... It's a different word, but when rabbit something. And she's got like 92 different personalities that she developed uh, because of childhood trauma. But she just thought that's like how people were. Like she just, <laughs> she didn't realize that there was anything wrong. She didn't realize how compartmentalized so much of her life had been. And this, she wrote this as part of her therapy with her therapist. So like she calls herself the troop and... <coughs> Like, uh, she's got the recorder who's got a photographic memory and, I guess, all these other uh, characters living inside of her mind. The book was written back in 87, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading that. It's a fascinating that. disorder, too, because, like... Yeah. The, the print is really, really small and kind of faded. Like, it's... It, as a book, it wasn't very well done, but I'm sure the story is fucking brilliant. Like the papers, like the old school paperbacks, where you gotta like really look at it. Hmm. Papers, like the paper quality matters. 
When was it printed? Like, I'm assuming... Uh, the first one was 1987. I don't know when that printed. Because, hmm. so. like, you would think they would reprint it uh-huh. in better quality, like, now that we're in 2019. <sighs> but that's a fascinating disorder. It's like, it just... They had one copy in the psychology section because I was looking for another, like, Anatomy of Evil or the New Evil, like, some sort of, like, a psychological disturbance so I could, you know, read about. And that I was like, I'm going to find a book on da-da-da-da-da. And I was, it would almost be like if I was looking for a book on multiple personality and then I found, like, an account of somebody with multiple personality and it was the only copy and it was kind of, like, stuffed in the back... I've been waiting and, on yeah, you. Yeah, and the Wi-Fi was all fucked up. Like, it, in the psychology section, you can't get fuck all on, like, the whole left side of the store for cell reception. I don't know why it is. But, um, it's like I got the book, and then as I was meandering through, I'd occasionally pull my phone out because I was trying to Google, and it was uh, 95% like the, like to the book. Nice. Yeah, like, it's it's got its moments, you know, where it, it meanders, but overall it is an incredible story and an incredible account from a person who has 92 people living inside of her head. That's a lot. I don't think I've ever heard of someone with, like, that yeah. disorder that had that many personalities. Well, even in Split, it wasn't that many. It was, like, 20-some-odd or 40-some-odd, yeah. I'm curious if all of the personalities are aware that the other ones exist or if, like... Well, like, what she was explaining to her therapist, I guess, from, like, what I've read of the back and, like, flipping into the introduction, was that she would have these, um, kind of like how, you know, like, I've got a manic episode or something like that, and she would have these episodes where she would more or less black out and not be able to fully piece together what had happened, and it was because other people inside of her were taking over, like, the shift, But they all, like the therapist's idea, I think, was that instead of trying to compartmentalize these personalities into different groups, would be why don't you just tell me the story and let us get to know all 92? Because there's no way that they can't live, you know, in harmony, but they need to acknowledge one another's existence. That is a crazy fucking disease. And I thought for a long time that it was schizophrenia. I got corrected when I was like 16. Multiple personality. Yeah, when I yeah. was... Uh, Not the same. Yeah, when I was like 16, I'd written a story um, about a person that I believed had schizophrenia. Um, put it up on Fiction Press. And then found out via comments on the story they're like well actually what you're describing like they were very nice about it but mm-hmm. i'll never forget it they're like actually what you're describing is multiple personality disorder and so yeah, I, I used to I, think I that to, when i was younger too i think that is a common misconception yeah. but yeah they're not the same disorder so i took to go into the uh line ball library and uh checking out the is it the dsm or the yeah the dsm a dsm five you go take a look at it and I would just sit there and read like it's like a dictionary of mental disorders and so I'd just start okay A is for Apple so let's go here <laughs> you know went and found out a whole bunch of stuff and somewhere again I've probably got a fucking you know foldable binder of uh, like photocopies of the ones you wanted to remember yeah, yeah. I did actually because you told me that like a good year ago um, 
look at buying you a copy mm -hmm. and like the legit copy is like a couple hundred i think but they have like yeah. a knockoff version on amazon but they're also like but you know you might get some missing pages yeah. and i was like well i don't know the whole book is, is is fucking outrageous like they've got it at barnes and noble i can't remember the price on it but yeah it's some shit it's like, not cheap it's like 400 and some fucking dollars for this psychology uh book but yeah, Amazon has a, a knockoff Maybe that's version. why psychologists make so much fucking money, because these books are so goddamn expensive. They're like, <laughs> if you make the books really expensive, then people like you and I can't just go read the DSM-5. Well, I think it's considered technically like a school book. Like all of the books that I had to buy for yeah. filmmaking that were specifically yeah. I bought class. zero books about writing that cost $400. <laughs> well, no, none of mine. Ever in the history of me buying <laughs> books. None of mine cost four hundred dollars on books. None of them cost me four hundred dollars. <laughs> None of mine cost four hundred, but I had a couple of books that I'd that was louder than I thought it would be. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I had a couple of books that I had to buy for class that were like filmmaking books that were like two hundred books, and it was specifically just because they were quote unquote textbooks. I'm like, I could buy another book on Amazon that tells me all the same stuff that's yeah. not classified as a textbook, and it's probably better, and it'd be way cheaper. Mm -hmm. No, I, I fucking hate that. But I think I think that book is a medical textbook, technically, so that's probably why it's so expensive. But, like, and I get it, you know? Like, I don't get it. I don't understand why... It didn't cost anywhere near that much to make it. It didn't. <laughs> like, it didn't. It's not filled with opinions of other people. This is, like... Like, a Webster's Dictionary doesn't cost you 400 fucking dollars, and it has all the words in it. <laughs> all the words and all the other books. It's all in one fucking place. That thing should cost you five grand. You can get an... It, it, your phone comes with an app for a goddamn dictionary. The DSM-5 is going to cost you 400 fucking dollars. I, I don't think it's quite 400, but it is a couple hundred. I remember I looked at it, and I had to think... Like, how long am I going to have to save to buy this book and not feel bad about it? <laughs> yeah, I put the real one in my cart on Amazon. I was like, I'm going to sit on that for a while. And then mm -hmm. I put the knockoff one in my cart also. But then, like, I read the reviews and, like, it was still more liked than disliked. But they were like, yeah, you might, like, randomly come across several missing pages. And I was just like, is it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> I think at, at Barnes & Noble, it's just a placard, and you have to, like, take that placard to a person who has to, like, go to a vault and, like, spin <laughs> that... Like, spin that fucking thingy around. And get the DSM-5 out back there with, like, the, 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 the original rough draft of the Bible is like, next to it. And that only costs $350. <laughs> and your soul. <laughs> But no, I, I like to go over there to relax. Like, I I didn't go over there with any particular book in mind today, or one particular book, but then I found out that they got rid of the politics section, and that, that frustrated me. Um, I want to read about economics and... <laughs> <laughs> and I got to buy the Alan Watts book. And somehow Alan Watts is not in the spirituality section, which is like three fucking things long. Bastards. Bastards. 
<laughs> I don't want to read about stones, bro. I want to read about Western Hinduism. You don't want to align your chakra? No, I want whatever. to align my chakra, but I want to do it like the American Get way. Get some feng shui up in our new that's place. That's why you read Alan Watts. You want to be Hindu, but you want to be American Hindu. Like, you <laughs> Buddhist, rather. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, I don't, what I'm talking about today. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, I, I, I feel like I'm floating in a world with no direction. <laughs> Isn't that life, though? We're all just but the benefit sentient of dust like, in the wind. Yeah, the benefit of reading books like the ones that I picked up today, or um, The New Evil, or The Anatomy of Evil, is... Like, some of the stories you read in books like that are crazy as fuck. Like, you read them and you're like, I can't believe that actually happened in some small town in Arizona, you know? And then, like, you go Google it and you're like, holy fuck, like, there really was this, like, psychotic goddamn meltdown that led to the violent death of three people that was huge news for six months and then nobody ever touched it again or it was so big that like nobody ever really dove into it you know so you read those things and it kind of grounds your fiction as a writer um into the fact it's like that story that i wrote you know talking about workshopping ideas <laughs> it's like that story that i wrote um about the guy who the killed his uh, wife and his kid, but it opens up with the the part about the police catching the meth addict, fucking the uh, oh yeah, and then the, the raccoon, the yeah. dude at the ice or the guy had his ice cream, or yeah, a, a, a seagull had stolen his ice cream and yeah. he stomped it to death. Mm-hmm. And the first two were real world stories that I found on Reddit. Like I went on Reddit, there's like morbid reality, which is a thing that I like to visit. It's like saved into my phone is go to morbid reality, and it's like crime scene photographs. Woo! Just spilled wine. <laughs> it didn't break the glass though alright <laughs> and on that um, note I'm going to go get some paper towels while Brett talks <laughs> but um can you get me a beer yeah while you're up um but no it's important to like base that kind of shit in, in reality because like I found these stories more or less and there was a guy who got caught he was on methamphetamine and he was in the middle of goddamn nowhere I think it was Montana or Washington and uh, the police pulled up on him having sexual intercourse with basically roadkill um, and I thought that was the craziest goddamn thing I'd ever heard my entire fucking life and then I kept going down this um, morbid reality thingy and I found a guy who it was a hamburger I believe in um, a Brighton pier in London, in England um, and the guy had, he'd stomped a seagull to death in front of a whole shitload of people he was, he was having a bad day I guess I think they snatched the bread off the top of his hamburger and he was like fuck you fuck your you know uh seagull brain and 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 fuck all the other people on this pier so he he kills the shit out of this fucking thing and then i'd read a story about a guy who killed his wife and his two kids and so i was like how can i take these three ideas two of which are almost comical and how fucking absurd they are and then one that is graphically absurd 
but happens every single fucking day. So there's a benefit to reading uh, reading books like that because it, it reminds you that sometimes the world is just fucking out of control. Yeah. You know? 9-11 happened. Tell you a little elf tale. Like, <laughs> and we're back. Sorry. I went to grab it and it slipped out of my hand and mm-hmm. I just dumped it on Brett instead. I was giving them all uh, nothing really. <laughs> no, that's interesting. No, it is. I mean, that's true. Like, I feel like... I mean, you see on the news or read in the paper or whatever stories about such and such place getting robbed or someone stabbing someone to death or there being a shooting in some neighborhood yeah. or whatever. But for most people throughout their lives, unless you live in kind of a rougher area, those aren't ever things that you experience firsthand. So it is kind of easy to forget that there is this like lingering darkness and certain yeah. areas of the world like there is a chapter in that coroner's book you know when I was reading through the chapters where um, it's called the barbecue murders right like <laughs> like that that looks like a story that I would you know if you wrote a book called the barbecue murders I'm picking up the book called the barbecue murders I'm at least reading the back of it to see if the title is fucking accurate yeah but, no, if, if you ground it in that sort of a thing, which I guess kind of like bleeds into another thing that I wanted to talk about today, which is like the pawn shop type stuff. I've been trying to come up with good reasons to be at the pawn shop recently because it's, it's driving me fucking crazy. I need to get out of this town. Almost there. I know. What's weird is uh, when I punch my fists together, it registers as a <laughs> crazy high pitch on the... Mm-hmm. Oh, the thing. Pop a sound. Why are you watching that? Quit watching that. It's probably why I'm having a like a probably. mini, a mini panic attack. watching it. So I met this dude this week. His name is Juice. Um, I met him at the pawn shop the other day. Is his name actually OJ? Uh, it's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Oriental. <laughs> um, he comes into the shop. Piss drunk at fucking 10 o'clock in the morning, like stinks of fucking Hennessy. He's just jacked the fuck up. And he comes in and he's got, I can't remember what the fuck it was that he was trying to pawn. Um, but he was convinced that, you know, it's the greatest thing on God's green earth. And he goes, he goes, I, I, you know, I just need a couple of dollars, man. Just need a couple of dollars so I can go to my AA meeting. <laughs> Well, I'm already drunk. He's fucking thrashed. You can smell Hennessy 15 feet away from this man, and Hennessy is not a drink that sticks to you. (laughs) (laughs) Blasted. And he gets into it with this dude that I work with. Like, they're like half, like, I I don't know if I'm going to have to shoot juice. I don't know if I'm going to have to hug juice. And, like, fucking... 30 minutes he hung out with us. He explained that he needed money so that he could go to the parole officer's office so that he could get a ride to his AA meeting, but he was too drunk to like... <laughs> he's like, 
the chip was like, they're not going to want you at the AA meeting. You know, you smell like you, you know, been hanging out in a bar all goddamn. So you threatened him with a haircut. Yeah, yeah. At one point, Chip was like, "Yeah, man, I, you know, I can't do another like ten dollars on this. You know, like this is kind of my bottom line, whatever." This dude like leans over the counter fast as shit. Like if if anybody moved that quick, I think I'd hit him on instinct. And he just goes, he goes, "I'll cut your hair." <laughs> Give you a haircut. He's <laughs> an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. He's a haircut business right here. He's a rapper. I went on uh, YouTube and I found that he did jingles for like an insurance company for his like the wick, the whack, the wiggity whack. Buy your insurance. Get your life back on track. Like that kind of like shit. This dude's like in his 50s. He's fucking hilarious. I need to hunt him down and put him in a, in a stand-up show. Like I, I need Juice to be okay you know, for the rest of his life. Because he threatened us. Like he had a threatening like personality where he'd get too close and he was too drunk and he was you know he kept talking about the hood every time he upset him he goes back to the hood you know that'll get you stabbed and i was like okay juice like don't don't stab me dude <laughs> then he'd be like you know what you guys are kind of cool you should all come to the barbecue and i was like you're homeless juice <laughs> you can't afford to feed yourself <laughs> but now he was a, a beautiful fucking character he was just nutty as shit and uh, it, it had me thinking about, like, all the people, like, I don't like my job. You don't like your job. But as a creative person who needs to create characters that are, you know, semi-based in reality so that they work on the plane that we're all experiencing, there is a juice out there. <laughs> that dude is a real dude. I don't know if he's crazy or if he was just hammered. I, I saw him walking around, like, later that afternoon like I went to go drop Josh off or something like that and uh, we had to drive past the homeless shelter to get over there and Juice was just talking to somebody but he, like, he was in the middle of the street just hands over his head super fucking animated and the people sitting on the curb were laughing their dicks off <laughs> I was like, Juice is killing it at the halfway house bro <laughs> Juice was like yeah, typed his name in dude like Fucking just got out of jail for like aggravated burglary. This <laughs> like, like crazy long rap sheet. Like I typed his name in. And I was like, this is a living madman, and he's the <laughs> funniest fucking dude I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I'm about to show you the juice jingle after we can dance. <laughs> But yeah, that stuff is crazy if you think about it. Like, I, um, cancer runs in my family, but I don't think, like, really any mental disorders do. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I have anyone in my family that has, or anyone in my more immediate family anyway that has a mental disorder. But, um, like, because I work in a hospital, I'm around specifically people with autism quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So... Like, it is, I guess, when you don't have that, ex like, 
experience yeah in your life very often like it is like easy to kind of forget like those people exist or like the book that you bought today like I don't think I've ever met someone and known that I met them that had multiple personality disorder so I can spot schizophrenia from across the street because I work in the pawn shop and I deal with the homeless and that's a, a, a massive issue with like our older like uh, homeless population a lot of them are just schizophrenics mm-hmm. you know because when um Reagan shut down the uh, asylums and stuff. They just were kind of let out the front door. And schizophrenic people with no money who come from families of people who have no money are just there. So then all that isolation, you know, talking to yourself, you're unmedicated. I've told you all about Bentley. Mm -hmm. I believe she was a um, military... uh, nuclear engineer of some description and then like has a shopping cart she's convinced is like a bmw and (laughs) sad too because dementia is another one that like these Uh people come across like they're crazy like i had a patient literally on the first night that i ever started like working at the hospital um who had like advanced dementia and um thought we were on a nasa space station like getting ready for a mission to take off to the moon later that night and um he like legit worked for nasa when he was younger like he just like reverted to a different stage in his life and the whole night i'm like this motherfucker is crazy yeah because i've never like been around people like that before the brain is so fucking fragile which like if we're thinking about it from like a creative um standpoint it's a, it's permission to create all different kinds of characters but also like creatives with those types of disorders you know like van gogh he wasn't schizophrenic but like they've uh, i was reading a wikipedia article about him and there are like four different theories as to what van gogh was suffering from that created starry starry night like his is heavy-handed thick-lined, big swirls, multiple colors, like, kind of, where the picture doesn't make sense, almost. Yeah. You know? Like, where, like, nobody else can see this, but, like, that hand doesn't look like a hand. You know? <laughs> like, it's, all, it, it's, like, all mashed into itself, and, you know, it, what was he seeing, you know? And the only real way to tell is by his... Uh, letters to his brother and through his art, you know. So what are the theories? Do you remember? I can't remember the exact Mm -hmm. disorders and I don't want to miscredit them, but there's like three or four. Chop off your own ear. Yeah, chopped off his own ear, shot himself in the chest. You know, did he shoot himself in the chest? He was known to be a raving lunatic who like ran around and scared the shit out of people, you know? (laughs) Extremely talented artist, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Goddamn Vincent Van Gogh. We got that uh, loving Vincent movie forever ago that's literally made up of all of his artwork. It's a it's, yeah, fantastic it's a, movie yeah, if you've never yeah, seen that. I, I, I need to watch it again soon. Yeah, it's got bonus features too that we never watched. We yeah. need to go back and watch those. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was like hundreds and hundreds of artists that painted the different frames. And so while you're watching it, the painting is constantly changing and it tells the story. Mm-hmm. It's not that long either. No, but so. it's like hypnotic like you sit there and you're watching it's like fuck yeah no I like at one point lost track of 
like what the people were saying or what the story was because I was so mesmerized mm-hmm. by the painting. I was like, I don't. What did he just say? Like I totally missed that. I was like admiring the painting. Yeah. And the story is, is it his brother or is it somebody his there or something? I don't remember. Somebody didn't like him, right? Uh, yeah. He came to town to like settle Van Gogh's affairs after his suicide. I think it's his cousin, but his cousin was there to kind of find out what happened. Yeah, that's what it was. To like try to figure out if he killed himself or yeah, if he got the, shot. The theory in the film is that he was murdered. Yeah. So it, I think it's a cousin. I could be wrong. It's a family member of some sort that's like, I want to know what happened. So he's coming there to like kind but of... But it's back then in the time. So like he's able to go into like the parlors and he's able to like go out into the fields and see the flowers and he's able to... You know, go by, I believe, the asylum where uh, Van Gogh did Starry Night or what that's based off of. And, like, he looks up and it's just the Starry Night painted by hundreds of people. And it's like the, 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 the stars are all moving and, like, the trees sway. God. It's a beautiful Damn, film. is we that not well that. done? No. I was going to say we should watch that tonight, but we should probably do a two star movie tonight. I'm not making any strong promises on a two star, but. We should watch. Go movie tonight. You guys all live without a We'll Tuesday. figure it out and let you guys know. I hope you guys enjoyed last Tuesday's release where we watched Clinical. Is that last Tuesday? Yeah, that was last Tuesday. That's that yeah. a interesting one for sure. Yeah. I want to get um, back into doing the two stars more regularly, and we, we've got. 30 extra days on our hands so we have a little bit more time. A little less stressful packing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They're also just, you know, in short supply right now, so mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. We we started (laughs) this in uh, the colder months and didn't realize we were going to run out of crappy horror films as the warmer months came on yeah we got to come up with some sort of a list and stuff or if you guys have any suggestions that we could tell you about like a week or two in advance um like if you know of a really dumb horror movie that you kind of like please send us an email and uh we'll like tell the audience like hey in two weeks we're gonna do this movie and i'll buy the goddamn thing i'll bill you for it if i hate it or i'll <laughs> give it to you if i hate it but like no fuck it you know get involved you need your why help. can't we be friends why can't we be friends this podcast is everything to you people no. <laughs> what is it it's it's it, it, brett gets drunk rambles himself until the conversation dies and then Kristen pours wine on Brett. Kristen pours wine on my foot. <laughs> She's like, go put like athlete's foot cream on, and then I'm just gonna wash it off. With I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I think you hit the other foot. No, you hit that foot for sure. That was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> We're rambling into the nothing. Should we make an exit? Yeah, because we have tenderloin for dinner, and that's gonna be fucking I'm, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'm also a little buzzed. I haven't been drinking as much lately and a little little buzzy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you can find us on Facebook at 
uh, facebook.com slash nightmareboxproductions. Or you can waltz your ass on over to Instagram looking for ass and you'll find no ass at... <laughs> at Nightmare Box Productions. And you can go on Twatter. Twatter. And you can shoot us a twit. At Nightmare Box Pro. <laughs> if, you, if you guys can rally together and petition real hard, though, I might post a picture of Brett's ass on Instagram. So it's, it's, email me. It's relatively flat. It is not. A, a, a relative tweet me instagram me email me i'll send you a picture of my back my back is massive my ass is questionable okay i'm trying to sell these people on contacting me can okay. you can you not well if, <laughs> if if you send me twenty dollars i'll send you a lock of Kristen's hair <laughs> campaign to make Kristen go in the next six I'm months. I'm a ginger, so you can use that lock she of hair to still souls. and she sleeps soundly. I'll, Not a light I'll put them in one of Shelby's vials. I'll just right off the end and I'll stuff them in there. But yeah, you, you could use, I went to bed. I stayed up all, like a whole, a whole bit. And yeah. then you were crashed and then I, I was, was drunk and came to bed. I was and, sick. And no that doesn't count. At no point did I wake you up. I was bouncing off the wall. I but. was sick. That doesn't count. I've been sick. <laughs> Anyways... Or you can go to the website. Uh, that's the Nightmare Box Top Blog. Did I miss something? Your YouTube page is youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Or you can slide on over there to that Poshmark and get yourself a kick ass wedding dress at. Uh, my username is Cash Pennington. With a K. Yeah, with a K. Please buy my book. All right, I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you guys and we'll ramble next week. We'll ramble next week. Ah.